Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. And today we're asking the question, how long should you wait to have sex? Not in terms of your first sexual experience, but in terms of uh, meeting someone. You know, if you, it's, this is a very common question, I think, especially in heterosexual dating yeah. relationships. There's a question of how long do you wait? How many dates do you wait for? Or how many minutes post handshake? <laughs> Do you wait? Uh, because apparently we are very concerned that if you don't wait long enough, you will be doomed to be single for the rest of your life. And be called names. Yes, mean names that we don't all, like to Yeah, use. all the answers to these questions are pretty loaded, depending on <laughs> depending on where people are coming from who are answering it. Yeah, and uh, the reason why we wanted to talk about this, and we'll get more in-depth into this study, but there was uh, some research that came out of Cornell University uh, in August 2012 that was published in the Journal of Marriage and Family that said, and well, this was the headline, at least, uh, because this was widely circulated, not so surprisingly, because the Internet loves scientific studies about sex. And it said that the optimum number of days to wait was 182. And then, you know, I when Kristen emailed me that, I responded, isn't that like half of a year? Yeah. Which, so you, I mean, you probably know then where I'm coming from on this, if I responded so <laughs> vehemently. So um, even though we we don't talk uh, in the in magazine parlance too often in the podcast, uh, I feel like this is one of those opportunities when we do want to consult 
lady and gentleman mags Mm -hmm. because this is something that comes up so often in magazines like Marie Claire and Cosmo and Esquire. So to kick things off, there was a survey that was commissioned by jointly by Esquire and Marie Claire to find out the differences between how long dudes and girls, women, men, heterosexual, wait to have sex. Right. Uh, it turns out that the average number of dates before having sex is three for men versus five for women. So what's happening there? Does does a guy go out on the third date <laughs> and like he leaves the date and hooks up with someone and then goes home, whereas the woman is wait like goes home and waits for two more dates? It's funny how these numbers never match up. But well, anyway. but yeah, but the whole same thing. It's like a flip flop though with waiting until marriage. Because 14% of men uh, wait for marriage to have sex versus 9% of women. Yeah, and or at least like men who read Esquire. Well, yes. And take surveys. Or men who read Marie Claire. And here is a big no-brainer. Men, according to the survey, are more likely to be satisfied after a one-night stand. That's probably because statistically men are more likely to reach orgasm after one-night stands. There's, there aren't all those societal hang-ups about uh, one-night stands and sexual stigmas. Uh, and while men were three times as likely to be satisfied, women were twice as likely to feel regret or shame after a one-night stand. And I have a feeling that it might have something to do with this constant pondering of how long should you wait? Yeah, and what it says about you if you wait a certain amount of time. Right, because, you know, there's the whole thing about the little ice cream truck giving away its samples. Cow's milk, etc. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's get into some research. Yeah. Beyond just magazine surveys. There was a BYU study that came out in 2010 that got a lot of coverage as well. Yeah, because they basically said you're not going to be happy unless you wait wait for marriage. Um they they said that if sex happens too early, it quote overwhelms good decision making and keeps couples in a relationship that might not be the best for them in the long run. So they looked at more than 2000 people in their first marriages. Average age was about 36 and they categorized these people as having early sex in the relationship, late sex, so waiting a while. Or having no sex until marriage. And just, you know, I know this is a BYU study, but they did have a wide range of religious affiliations that they were looking at with these people. They found out in this study, this, you know, a lot of self-reporting and whatnot, but they found out that the relationships fared better the longer people waited with those sleeping together before a month showing the worst outcomes and those who waited until marriage reporting better relationship stability and satisfaction and better sexual quality and communication. What do you think about that? Well, I think there are some some good points in there, such as uh, giving a relationship some time mm-hmm. to develop trust with people, especially if you're uh, the sample population or, or exclusively married couples. Mm-hmm. So probably when they were looking back, these people might have been more relationship minded to mm-hmm. begin with. And they probably wanted to develop some emotional rapport before jumping into the sack. Um, but it's still there's still this issue of correlation versus causation that I've, I feel like a lot of the research on delaying sex 
seems to just skip over. For instance, this was something pointed out in The Economist when they were reporting on this study. Uh, They said that researchers don't know why people who waited have better relationships. Maybe it's the sexual delay. Maybe it's the sort of people who want to wait are somehow better at relationship building. Maybe they have like higher emotional intelligence than people who, you know, just wait a few minutes until after a handshake. (laughs) Um, And also, I mean, I I feel like this is telling too. Uh, Live Science reported on the study as well, and they were interviewing one of the lead researchers, and he talked about how uh, almost 40% of the couples are essentially sexual. I don't know what essentially sexual means, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll let listeners just fill in those blanks. They said uh, 40% were essentially sexual within the first or second time they went out. But, and quote, we suspect that if you ask these same couples at this early stage of their relationship, do you trust this person to watch your pet for a weekend? Many could not answer this in the affirmative, meaning that they are more comfortable letting people into their bodies than they are with them watching their cat. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? (laughs) Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by Pedigree. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The Pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight. And honestly, the answer is yes. And I know you listeners know my love, Peaches Gertrude McFuzzin, whom I've talked about so much. And she really was love at first sight. But I will tell you that it took a long time for me to find her. I actually was looking for a good two years before I stumbled upon her picture from my local shelter and knew the moment I saw her that she was the one. And the minute I tell you when I saw that picture and I went to meet her out the shelter and I sat with her for a good 20 minutes, y'all, I couldn't leave her. I knew she had to be mine. I knew we belonged together. Peaches and I are friends as well. We are, we have a good relationship together. So. You can find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive June 7th to 9th, and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive 
to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. Okay. I take issue with this quote because to me, this points out a potential methodological flaw in this study because clearly, uh, and here I am making assumptions, that the psychologist was making assumptions about how people should architect their relationships. Yeah. No, I, I totally see where you're coming from. That quote through me also. And, you know, cats, you don't ever have anybody come over to watch cats for yeah. you anyway. Yeah. And also, it's not a question on the first or second date whether or not someone, you trust someone to come over and watch your pets. It's more things like, do you trust someone to sexually disclose that they have an STD or something like that? Or do you trust a person to wear a condom if you ask them to? These are the kinds of questions. Why are we talking about pets? <laughs> Who cares about pets? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't even have pets. I have plants that I, re- I really should water more. Um, but so moving on to a different study, Kristen references Cornell University study back all the way in August of this year that said, okay, well, yeah, sure, maybe wait a little, but the issue is more about cohabitation, which I thought was interesting. They reviewed data from 600 married and cohabitating couples and found that rapid sexual involvement, which sounds exciting, but it just, you know, getting getting sexually involved quickly. Uh, along with cohabitation, affects the long-term relationship quality. And they found that couples who do move rapidly into sexual relationships, more than a third of them reported having sex within one month of starting the relationship. So this is sort of, this is their, their audience, this is who they're looking at. They found that women and men definitely had a different view of what it means to get involved sexually with someone quickly. Yeah, with this sample population, uh, women tended to view an early entry into sexual relationships as being negatively associated with marital quality. Um, and the researchers also thought from this that perhaps women see early sexual activity as having a greater symbolic value as to the, the relationship commitment. You start doing it. This means you're for realsies in a bigger way. Whereas for the men, the speed of entry into the sexual relationship was completely unrelated to their perception of overall relationship and marital quality. Right. And again, I think that that might have something to do with this constant question of this timeline that we are supposed to follow, although no one knows what the timeline is. Um, But I think it's worth talking about this Cornell study because there are all these nuances within it in terms of how these couples all had children together. They were all living together. The bottom line of the relationship highlighted living together more so than jumping into bed together, uh, you know, in the first month. But the headlines and the reporting that came out on it all said, Hey, everybody, just wait 182 days. Women, you will hate yourselves if you don't wait 182 days to sleep with him, and he's going to not want to stick around. Yeah, you better put that sex calendar up on your wall and yeah. check off exactly 182 days. Maybe we should start you know, selling 182-day sex calendars. Yeah, and then have a ribbon that you can cut Oh, at the end of it. And confetti? Yeah, or maybe it'll look like a... A thong string. But I, I like I like this discussion that the study is having about cohabitation because they say that uh, it's cohabitation that drives the association between relationship quality and relationship 
tempo. They did point to early sexual activity as being linked to subsequent cohabitation and less satisfying marriages. Kind of the idea that if you have sex really fast and maybe in, in, cause they said that in a woman's mind, that's sort of an indicator of relationship, uh, commitment and all this stuff. So if you have sex early on, you feel like you have this foundation of commitment and then, well, well let's just move in together. Well, wait a second though. Back up because also we got to remember the childcare aspect of this. Indeed. Maybe this was something that Amanda Hess pointed out over on Slate. Maybe this should have been more of an examination into birth control practices because perhaps the reason why they're moving in together is because uh, they were practicing sex in some way that would have allowed a pregnancy to happen, and now there's a baby, and so... Now they have to move in together. Yeah. Yeah, so they're looking at how this early cohabitation, you know, people start feeling trapped, and then they're not as satisfied in their either relationship or their marriage that happens later. So there's a lot of moving parts. Yeah, and I will say, there was an interview with Sharon Sassler, who was the lead author of this study, which was called The Tempo of Sexual Activity and Later Relationship Quality, which I like to call out just because I like the idea of the tempo of sexual activity, like there's a metronome. Yeah. She brought up a good point, though, in an interview about this research saying that um, they wanted to look into whether, quote, sexual dependencies had replaced emotional compatibility. And I think that that's, that's a good way to to maybe think about this whole waiting game that so often comes up. It's not so much a timeline thing, perhaps, but thinking about sexual dependency versus emotional compatibility. But more on that later, because (laughs) at long last, in August of 2010, actually before, (laughs) obviously, this Cornell study came out, uh, University of Iowa study found that Guess what? Early sex does not doom relationships. Hey! Hey! (laughs) Again, ticker tape falling down. Um, Yeah, they found that while relationship quality might be higher for people who waited until things were serious rather than those people who hooked up, the sex itself, they say, is not to blame for the disparity. And this goes back to something that Kristen touched on earlier about maybe it's just your personality type. Like, if people who just are not wanting a relationship or maybe are not good at serious relationships. Maybe these are the people who are hooking up. So if you get somebody together, to get two people together, one who's just in for the hookup and one who actually is pursuing a serious relationship, well, that's doomed to fail, no matter when those two people have sex. So it's it's they're saying it's more maybe just about your personal drive when you want to have sex, whether you want a relationship. So sociologist Anthony Pike, who uh, was the researcher with that University of Iowa study, said, okay, so our findings indicate that it's not so much this sex issue that we are constantly getting hung up on, uh, but more something to do with people and the actual relationships between people. So he suggested that what was affecting relationship quality, at least according to their data, uh, was that unmarried couples and those with children had lower relationship quality and couples with positive ties to each other's relatives had higher relationship quality. But again, I mean, there's so many correlation causation issues still even in that because when you boil it down to individual relationships, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that you can slice it and dice it so many different yeah. ways. I mean, I'm sure the couples with children are just very tired. 
<laughs> sure. <laughs> There's a, their parents listening right now, shaking their fists at their iPod. But it was still refreshing to see some, uh, I don't know, empirical acknowledgement that, hey, maybe we should think not so much about the length of time, but rather what people, not just guys, because mm-hmm. let's not let's not do men a disservice and say every straight guy just wants to have sex with anyone at any point and does not care about waiting at all. I think mm-hmm. that that's uh, reductionist as much as it is that, that every woman wants to play the game according to the book The Rules and wait like eight years or something <laughs> uh, because we're terrified and insecure and, and scared that uh, if we have sex, then no one's really going to like us at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, too, this whole uh, the, the fear of... I mean, because also, let me just say this. If you want to wait to have sex or just not have sex at all, that's completely fine. The problem is constantly putting the onus particularly on women. And this does focus particularly on heterosexual women. There were no studies that we found looking into any gay populations whatsoever. Um, And always it was this fear of too soon sex relationships reminding me of uh, how, especially for women, it's that whole fear of, say, having too many sexual partners. Like, does my body look okay? It's all of these, all of these hangups that are, I feel like I keep saying hangups. Um, but it, there's so much wrapped up in this question. Right. Exactly. Yeah. What, what you're worried that society will think about you, what the man will think about you. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, well, I feel pressured to have sex because, you know, he's a man. He wants me to have sex with him. But then the whole like, well, but then if I do have sex with him, he won't actually like me. Well, and then on the opposite sides, on either side of that spectrum, you have, well, hey, what if I would like to have sex and I just want to have sex? Okay. Then you are deemed a a loose woman. Uh, And then. If you don't want to have sex at all and you are a virgin and you're an adult virgin, then there are all the, the things that come with that, too, of people, you know, the uh, people saying that maybe you're too prudish. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, maybe it is 182 days. I don't know. <laughs> If there, if there, it would be simpler if there was some kind of magic number. And no, I'm not saying 182 days is it. But for some people, it might be. I mean, I think that's the moral of the story is. Yeah, it could be. I mean, I, I personally think with my personal relationships that waiting a little bit and you know what? Again, I don't know what that time frame is, but waiting a little bit to the point where you feel like you're comfortable with the person. And this is, I'm talking about, relationship stuff, relationshipiness, not like just hooking up or whatever. Like that's a totally different game I'm talking about. Like I'm talking about like when I feel like I've met someone that I really want to have a relationship with, I think it's better to wait however long you feel is appropriate to learn about the person, trust the person, whether it's to watch your cats or not. Um, just feel like, okay, well, yeah, I want to, you know, I, I feel like I know this person and have a foundation because in my experience, you know, dumb things can happen when you build a relationship just on the sex foundation and not on the knowing the person foundation. Right. Because uh, like Sasser was talking about that sexual dependency versus emotional compatibility. And you know what? I'm going to uh, I'm going to 
theorize without any like data in front of my face to back this up. I would say that finding the emotional compatibility is much harder to find than some kind of sexual compatibility or sexual dependency. So if you are relationship minded, then, yeah, you don't want to confuse the two and you don't want to set yourself up with unrealistic expectations. But it also is not helping us that the magazines that a lot of women are reading and that is dispensed on the Internet to younger, single, straight people is just keeping us in this tailspin. Yeah, and it's framing it in a sort of a respect, a self-respect, a will he respect you kind of issue. Yeah, and it's all about, and the onus, again, it is all on the woman. Yeah, so this is from Cosmo, as everybody knows, my favorite magazine. Mm-hmm. So um, Cosmo talked to relationship expert Ryan C. Browning. I don't know what that means. Um, but the the decision here was you should wait. Because, quote, once you give up the goods, you lose the upper hand in the dating power dynamics. So if you have sex too soon, he's not under your spell anymore. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by Pedigree. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The Pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight. And honestly, the answer is yes. And I know you listeners know my love Peaches Gertrude McFuzzin, whom I've talked about so much, and she really was love at first sight. But I will tell you that it took a long time for me to find her. I actually was looking for a good two years before I stumbled upon her picture from my local shelter and knew the moment I saw her that she was the one. And the minute I tell you when I saw that picture and I went to meet her out the shelter and I sat with her for a good 20 minutes, y'all, I couldn't leave her. I knew she had to be mine. I knew we belonged together. Peaches and I are friends as well. We are, we have a good relationship together. So. You can find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive June 7th to 9th, and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? 
Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts season two of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, man. Well, that's too bad because you know what I want is a relationship that is based completely on power power plays. Uh, yeah, he, Browning also goes on to say that, you know what, uh, sex also creates a false sense of intimacy. So you crave commitment. You dumb women. Yeah, but that's also, hey, you know what, let's not strip away intimacy from sex either. That's another form of moralizing, saying that there is nothing good that can come from a sexual relationship as well. Um, and Browning also wants you to say no. Because men love the challenge, and mm-hmm. if you do, the sex will be better, and you'll trust your feelings more, because early sex can make you overlook red flags. Now, yes, does all of that oxytocin release in your brain promote feelings of bonding with someone who maybe, if you haven't known them that long, like maybe you are building bridges to nowhere? Sure, that can happen, but it's... Uh, also, let's let's keep in mind self-awareness that can happen. But moving on from Cosmo, let's go to Marie Claire. How are things over there? <laughs> well, this this fantastic sex in the single guy column also tells people to wait. But he he frames it in more of like a guys need to stop pressuring girls into sex kind of thing. Yeah, women it was it was like women stop spoiling men <laughs> with sex when they yeah. want it. It really was because we should train them like dogs. Yeah, because he was saying, okay, so why why are these guys pressuring girls into having sex early on in the relationship? And he cites things like their upbringing. Maybe they never learned to treat women with respect. Side note, to pick on my roommate, my roommate, who is a dude, does think it's important to wait if he's getting into a relationship. And he cited his deeply ingrained respect for women that he learned from his mama. That's nice. So, but yeah, so anyway, moving on. Okay, so he also talks about, like, you know, other women being spoiled by other women, like Kristen said, like possibly the dude who's pressuring you to have sex has been, quote unquote, rewarded by other women giving into his pressure. Yeah, I mean, and, and I and I I'm not going to say that those kinds of uh, cultural influences in certain circles don't exist. But also, here's something: Sex and the Single Guy column writer Marie Claire, like maybe he doesn't want a relationship. Yeah, it could be as simple as that. Also, as simple for a female who does not want. A relationship, or I should say woman. Sometimes people get annoyed when I say female instead of woman. And now heading over to the New Yorker of the online XY sites, askmen.com. They break it down like this. Basically, uh, they offer a handy guide Mm -hmm. for guys out there who want to determine whether or not 
women are worth keeping around based on how long she waits right. to um, to have sexual intercourse. And guess what? Okay, listen up, gals and guys. If she waits six months, about that 182 days, mm-hmm. uh, Ask Men says, you'll think it's amazing because you're desperate. She's a keeper because she's rational and doesn't jump into things. Do we do we even need to follow that up with a witty quip? I don't think so. But let's just jump down to a first night fling. Questions to ask yourself, men. Does she do this all the time? Or is it that women are becoming more aggressive? I want to break the ballpoint <laughs> pen that I'm holding in my hand. Again, let me reiterate to everyone out there. Wait as long as you want to have sex. Don't have sex at all. Have sex the first time you meet someone safely. Uh, but, wow, that kind of advice, it's doing a disservice to all of us. Yeah. Because it's creating false, con- continually creating false expectations and ignoring um, any like kind of healthy relationship psychology. But since we've been, uh, you know, kind of giving these magazines a hard time, I will say Glamour.com offered a, a decently nuanced perspective on the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was in their Smitten blog uh, from 2008. And, and the, the writer talks about how... Uh, in the past, I've usually been the super slow girl. In college, I waited four months with my sophomore year boyfriend and then two months with my senior year boyfriend. And then she says, by the time I met my current boyfriend, I was 28. And here's the part where I was like, hey, all right, here we go. I was 28 and more confident, comfortable and head over heels for him. We slept together on the third date. All right. But that, I think that point where she's talking about she was more confident and comfortable, she knew herself. Yeah. She knew what she wanted. And the time that she waited, whether it was the third date or the fourth month, the 182nd day, mm-hmm. it would not probably matter because she knew herself well enough to to throw all of this ridiculous advice out the window. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what we're saying. Like, whatever feels appropriate for you and the person that you're with. I mean, you know yourself. Are you, do you want to get to know this person? Do you feel already comfortable with this person? Does it not matter? You know, like you are, you are a woman. You're a grown up. You can make this choice for yourself. And you're a man too. Again, it's like, I, I, I think it's, I think it's wrong to, uh, to assume that, that guys are just light years, you know, away from where we stand on, this issue. And also, too, hey, guess what? If you meet somebody and they're pressuring you and not respecting things like consent and sexual safety and all of that, get out. Yeah. Just get out and leave. Find somebody better. Okay. I think uh, I think we've answered this question. How long should you wait to have sex, Caroline? As long as you feel is appropriate for you and your partner. Yeah. There you go. And don't let society shame you otherwise for waiting too long, for not waiting long enough. I'm going to say arbitrary question. As long as you got yourself in check, your relationship in check and safety in check. There we go. I'm not going to judge you. Caroline, are you going to judge them? No. Good. 
don't. No. No judgment zone here. Yeah. Stuff I've never told you. In this tiny closet size studio. (laughs) Yes. So, uh, I am very curious to hear what people have to say about this. And again, also, uh, from not heterosexual listeners out there too. Like, why, I mean, is this just something that, that straight people are totally hung up on that is like not so much of an issue in gay communities or have researchers just once again overlooked entire populations of sexually active people? Very curious to hear people's thoughts on this. On waiting, let us know what you think. Are we being too laissez-faire about the whole thing? Um, let us know all of your thoughts. Momstuff at discovery.com is where you can send them. And of course, you can head over to our Facebook page and leave a comment there or tweet us at Momstuff Podcast. But before we jump into listener mail, we have a quick word on behalf of our friends at Netflix who help make this podcast possible. So, you know, today we talked about this whole issue of how long should you wait? Should you wait? Does it matter? What difference does it make? How do you feel? Who have you slept with? Yeah, what, what, what's your deal? Well, so I think to help you put your issues in perspective, you can head over to Netflix.com because they were so kind to bring us today's episode of Sminty and try watching Chasing Amy, which shows what can happen when you might get a little judgy with someone's sexual past. But you're in luck, because not only should you head over to Netflix.com, but as a new member and a Sminty listener, you can get a free 30-day trial membership. Just go to Netflix.com slash mom, which is our very special URL, and sign up. And be sure to use that URL so that they know that Kristen and I sent you over there. The 30-day free trial won't be around forever, though, so you need to head over to Netflix.com slash mom as soon as possible to sign up today. And, of course, these movie titles are subject to availability, so check out their selection when you get over there. Now, back to listener mail. We have a couple of letters here on our episode about why are breasts different sizes, particularly like in like individual breasts on our body, one bigger than the other or smaller than the other, however you want, however you want to look at it. So I've got an email here from... Adam, who I'm going to go ahead and say is one of our superstar listeners because he is traveling around the world and listens to our podcast, sent us some woolen hats that are colorful and very warm on our heads. And um, he checks in with us from time to time. And he checked in with us about this podcast. And he said, I listened to your podcast on a day when I found a guanabana soursop. Guanabana is a type of fruit. It's shaped like a heart. My left breast is bigger than my right, and it has been ever since puberty. Others say it's not very noticeable, but when I see myself in the mirror in a picture, it seems like a colossal imperfection to me. Over the years, I've gotten more and more comfortable with my body. The heart-shaped fruit I mentioned above is interesting because it raises the question of whether our imperfections sometimes cover up our superpower. In my case, a big heart. Thanks for the great podcast, as always. And thank you, Adam, and safe travels to you. And this here email is from Nicole. She said, I'm 24 years old and grew up as you did in a world without the internet and clever podcasts that spilled the beans on all those apparently untouchable topics of girlhood. I wish I had heard the term hypertrophy before 20 minutes ago. Alas, when I hit grade 8 and my right breast practically exploded overnight, it was not a good scene. 
For about a year, my family kept it under wraps, literally for a span. But when I stayed an age-appropriate A on my left and then ballooned to a B, then C, and eventually a double D on my right, we made some formal inquiries. Early into grade nine, I was granted an insurance-covered single-sided breast reduction because my spine was actually being pulled out of line from the imbalance, calling, causing a load of back problems. I don't remember what story I told my friends, but it wasn't the truth for a long time. Before the surgery, however, we found a miracle Band-Aid fix. I called them outplants. You briefly mentioned these special inserts in your podcast, but I thought I would take a few minutes to tell you about these suckers firsthand. There are two main kinds. The first is the soft, skin-like, nippleless silicone breast piece, weighted and textured like a real boob. This one is for daily use and slips discreetly into a specialty bra. Et voila! A nice, even rack. But there is no, but there is a no water clause, and so the second outplant becomes important. A much firmer, much more rubbery triangle of treated silicone for swimming. It looked and felt less natural, so it was tempting to cheat and use the other one. But maybe the technology on boobs has developed in the last 10 years? They were a godsend to my awkward and sadly ashamed younger self. And I know that similar products are used daily now by women who have undergone breast surgery for a different reason, namely mastectomy. So there you have it, she says, Tales from the Underwire. So thank you, Nicole. Um, That was a good story. And thanks to everyone who has sent us their stories. Momstuff at discovery.com is where you can send your letters and you can tweet us at Momstuff Podcast and find us on Facebook as well. And you can check out our Tumblr blog. It's stuffmomneverToldyou.tumblr.com. And if you'd like to get smarter during the week, you should head over to our website. It's howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands. Not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank. Brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Pedigree. If you've been looking for love at first sight, it is closer than you think. It can be found at your local shelter. So this June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 